This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. A federal court out of Birmingham has now rejected the new redistricting plan for Alabama's congressional map. That plan came out of the Alabama special session this past November. The three-judge panel unanimously agreed that the map does not comply with the Federal Voting Rights Act because it does not include two districts for black voters to elect candidates of their choice. The black population in the state of Alabama is at 27%. The challenging lawsuit presented that only one out of seven congressional districts has majority-minority voters, which they argued only represents 14% of the overall population. The lawsuit to challenge the new district was filed by several entities here within Alabama. Qualifying for political races in the state has now been extended to February 11th, since new districts will have to be redrawn. The European Union decides to weigh in on a scheduled execution that's supposed to happen here in Alabama. The European Union has sent a letter to Governor Kay Ivey asking her to stop the planned execution of Matthew Reeves. The letter written by Ambassador Stavros Lamranidis claims that the IQ of Reeves puts him in the category of intellectually disabled. It then goes on to argue that Reeves's intellectual disablement has led him to not choose the best form of execution, which would be nitrogen hypoxia, compared to lethal injection. The execution of Reeves has already been blocked by a federal court order. It was going to happen this Thursday, January 27th. The state of Alabama is appealing to the 11th Circuit Court on this matter. That court has not yet issued a ruling one way or the other. Reeves has been on death row since 1996 for the murder of Willie Johnson. Congressman Jerry Carl of Mobile is co-sponsoring a bill that would give greater public transparency of government officials and their financial connections and investments. Carl is supporting the Fauci Act. That stands for Financial Accountability for Uniquely Compensated Individuals Act. The bill was inspired by the lack of transparency and disclosure coming from Dr. Anthony Fauci, which has recently come to light as of late during a heated Senate committee hearing that was held a few weeks ago. That's when Kansas Senator Roger Marshall told Dr. Fauci that he could not easily access the public financial disclosures belonging to the doctor. Fauci became irritated and called the senator a moron under his breath. Uh, I I cannot find him. Our office cannot find him. Where would they be at their public knowledge? Where? It is totally accessible to you if you want it. For the public. Is it accessible to the the public? Okay. To the public. Great. We look Senator forward Marshall, to reviewing You are totally incorrect. Well, we look Marshall, forward to reviewing it. Senator Marshall, Dr. Fauci has answered you. It is public information, and he's happy to give it to you if you would ask. Senator Moran. What a moron. Since then, Marshall has crafted the Fauci Act, and Carl is now joining in. Congressman Carl says that the American people should have full access to investments and financial disclosures that are made by a government official whose salary already comes from the taxpayer dime. Carl says Fauci and other bureaucrats have been able to hide their financial records from the public and avoid accountability. The district attorney for Montgomery County is calling on parents to step up and help stem the wave of crime that is going on in the capital city. D.A. Daryl Bailey spoke with WSFA News about the recent increase on bail in order to keep violent murder suspects behind bars. Well, we're hoping that these higher bail amounts will keep these individuals behind bars until their trial is disposed of in the criminal justice system. What we have seen uh, until we were able to get the bail raised to $1.5 million 
is that these individuals were getting arrested for murder, bailing out on $150,000 and then going and committing other crimes, including murder. We've had two uh, murders committed by people already out on bond for murder uh, in the recent past. So we're hoping that this higher bail amount will help address that. Bailey says that keeping criminals off the streets is only part of solving the problem. We cannot incarcerate our way out of it, but there's always someone willing to take that individual's place. We have got to do a better job on the front end, addressing mental health issues. Parents have got to play a big part in this. One of the murders this weekend, the mom knew that the person had a gun. We'll be looking at that as well. But parents, you've got to go through your child's bedroom. you got to go through your child's things. you got to go through your child's social media. There is rarely a murder committed today or a shooting committed today that does not have a social media component. So parents have got to be parents. They've got to step up to the plate, start watching what their children are doing. You could save your child's life, at least save them from going to prison for the rest of their life, which is what I'm going to be trying to do when they commit that violent crime. But we've got to get on the front end and address these issues before they get into the criminal justice system, or it's just going to be case after case after case, and our prisons are just going to fill up. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville nominates 33 high school students to join the service academies and be part of the graduating class of 2026. These service academy nominees must be residents of the state and undergo a thorough application process in order to be recommended by a congressman. The students were recommended by Tuberville to the U.S. Air Force Academy, U.S. Military Academy, U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, and U.S. Naval Academy. The senator says that the military needs young men and women to ensure that we remain the strongest fighting force in the world. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, 8,500 U.S. troops are currently on a heightened alert when it comes to possible deployment to Europe. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin revealed the preparations on Monday regarding the situation between Russia and Ukraine. Russian troops have been amassing at the Ukrainian border. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says the order is designed to ensure that the U.S. is ready to respond if the North Atlantic Treaties Organization, which is called NATO, decides to utilize a response force in the situation. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki told Americans in the country of Ukraine to leave and get out now. There is not an intention uh, for there to be a departure or an evacuation of, along those lines, uh, so we are conveying to American citizens they should leave now. Well, another crotchety old man gets caught cursing on an open mic. This time, it was the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Last week, Dr. Anthony Fauci insulted a senator under his breath. This time, Biden responded to a Fox News reporter who was asking him about inflation at a panel discussion regarding business competition. Thank you, guys. Let's Will move. you take questions on inflation, then? Let's move. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Do you all. think inflation is a political liability? That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. The reporter called an SOB was from Fox News, Peter Ducey. He took it all in stride and with good humor and spoke about it later that night on The Five. Yeah, nobody has fact-checked him yet and said it's not true. A second panel discussion is underway today in Washington, D.C. regarding the handling of the COVID-19 crisis on a national level. Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson held such a panel a year ago and felt that a second opinion was necessary in light of another year of COVID-19 variants, vaccines, and further lockdowns and mandates. There's still much to learn about the coronavirus, COVID the disease, and COVID vaccines. Early in the pandemic, our knowledge was minimal. But even then, 
because of what we learned from Italy and the Princess cruise ship, it was becoming obvious COVID was a disease that targeted the old and those with certain comorbidities. Instead of using that information, public health officials pursued a one-size-fits-all response that relied heavily on creating a state of fear to ensure compliance. The panel included outspoken doctors who have been censored from mainstream media for countering and challenging the way in which COVID patients have been treated or failed to be treated by doctors in hospitals. Dr. Peter McCullough was there to speak and took an impromptu survey of those in the room. How many of you in this room, recognizing there are doctors, there are PhDs, there are attorneys, media experts, other scientists, public citizens, how many of you personally have witnessed censorship, intimidation, or professional reprisal and damage as a result of your advocacy for patients. I want this to be recorded. That is 80% of this room have experienced something negative in their life in trying to promote and help compassionately something positive for patients suffering with a potentially fatal illness. Another doctor who teaches bioethics in a school of medicine, Dr. Aaron Karardi, spoke about the various ethic breaches that occurred during this emergency. Transparency, which is a central principle of public health ethics, was likewise abandoned. Along with several colleagues, some of whom are in this room, I had to file a FOIA request to obtain the Pfizer vaccine clinical trial data from the FDA, which the FDA is required under federal law to release on the day in which this vaccine was authorized. The agency came back saying that it wanted 75 years to release this data, the data for the vaccine that had been mandated for millions of Americans, data that took the FDA only 108 days to review. Fortunately, the federal judge just ordered this data released in eight months. Thousands like me have lost our jobs for declining a novel injection whose safety and efficacy data still remains hidden. My firing from the University of California, where I served for 15 years, my entire professional career as a professor in the School of Medicine and director of their medical ethics program, came shortly after I challenged the constitutionality of the university's vaccine mandate in federal court, a case that's ongoing. The scientific method also suffered by a repressive academic and social climate of censorship and silencing of competing perspectives that we've heard a little bit about already. I certainly experienced that at the university. This projected to the public the false appearance of a scientific consensus, a consensus that was often very strongly influenced by economic or other political external interests. And the inventor of the mRNA vaccine delivery system, Dr. Robert Malone, was there as well. If there is risk, there must be choice. Informed consent based on full disclosures of risks is an absolute necessity for any medical procedure. You all know this. Mandating these vaccines makes no sense and is completely inconsistent with the core principles of Western bioethics developed since the Nuremberg trials and codified in federal law as the federal common rule. 
the New York State Supreme Court has struck down a mask mandate that was issued by the state's governor, Kathy Hochul. The court called the mask mandate unconstitutional and a violation of state law. Hochul issued the mask mandate last month to all public schools and public places. The state Supreme Court determined that it's up to the state legislature to debate and approve any such law. The governor disagrees with the ruling and says she and her attorneys are looking at every option to see if they can reverse it. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss parts of Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he talks about Joe Biden's plan to mail masks and rapid tests to Americans. I've got a friend that works in the testing arena. He told me that rapid tests have a, generally speaking, about a 21%, 21% reliability rate. 21. And then we get from the CDC, well, you know, cloth masks really aren't that helpful. Yeah, they're not that efficacious when it comes to blocking the aerosols of, you know, transmissible COVID. You know, sorry. And yet Biden's going to mail masks to everybody now. So that's what we're doing. And if you need a test, by the way, when do you need it? You need it then. If you don't already have one, how do you get one from the Biden administration? Well, you go online, you apply for it, and it takes seven to ten days to arrive at your house. By then, you're already quarantined, gotten over the illness, gone back to work, and you take it and you put it on your shelf. And that's how effective his plan is right now. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail and want to get those reports directly to your electronic device, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And while you're on the main page there, feel free to drop me a five-star rating. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.